back to Colombo and Katie on 1194 News Talk STL. Big two o'clock hour there with Darren Bailey, who is running for Congress in Illinois uh, in the Illinois 12th District, which touches a big chunk of the St. Louis metro area. Going to be uh, another one of the area of the area elections that are going to be under the national spotlight this year. So um, great stuff uh, about that race from Darren Bailey. Also, great conversation with Crane Durham. If you missed any of it, just make sure you're subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast so you never miss anything that happens here on the show. We put the show out as a podcast right after we get off the air every day on basically every podcast platform. So whatever podcast platform you use, subscribe to Columbo. Lumbo and Katie, and you'll never miss anything that happens on the show, right? That's true. That We're is, everywhere. That is true. And speaking of the podcast space, uh, an old friend is on the line with us now. If you have listened to me in various spots over the years, you will remember our good friend Dennis Farrell, who is now the host of the Wrestling Perspective podcast, who I wanted to uh, get on here to talk about the controversy surrounding Vince man Dennis uh, we talk we talk all the time off the air so I'm not gonna pretend like it's been forever since we've talked but it's great to have you on the air again uh, after a a, a a while so uh, thanks for joining us my friend how are you well, it took these allegations to get me back on, so I can't wait to see what it takes to get me back on next time it took, yeah it took horrible crimes horrible. from a billionaire to uh, <laughs> Hit you some airtime, and I promise it won't be like that again. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this, obviously, you uh, you know, being in the uh, the the wrestling media and and covering uh, wrestling as closely as you do, you're you're gonna know more about this than uh, a lot of folks out there. But it, this not only is it an interesting and obviously important news story because we're talking about such a public figure and a billionaire somebody that's been uh you know in in a, a, a huge public figure in the country for decades uh but there's also political ramifications that people are starting to draw some connections to of course linda mcmahon vince mcmahon's wife was a part of the donald trump administration uh, linda mcmahon also ran for senate and you know there's a lot of these uh there's a lot of folks out there starting to say like, hey, you know, these guys are good friends. And if Donald Trump's friends are up to this, then Donald Trump must be doing it, too. I think this story is in wrestling. It's a it's it's a little it's kind of a, a week or so old. And a lot of people in the wrestling community are are pretty well versed in it, uh, Dennis. But I think it's just starting to get to the uh, uh, the, the wider national audience. Would you agree with that? It's it's crazy because I you know, comedian Jay Moore always says, uh, show me who you hang out with. I'll show you who you are. <laughs> and unfortunately for Donald Trump, he, I think uh, Linda was part of his small business, uh, you know, center of, of his cabinet. And uh, now, unfortunately, depending on where you read, Linda and Vince have not been together for 10, 15 years, not living in the same house. So she does have that separation there where she can be like, whoa, Although we're married on paper, we're physically haven't been married for forever while he's been essentially pooping on random women. So yeah. I think I think her hands are somewhat clean if we really want to get into this where she could almost essentially do the uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton route where she, you know, 
on paper was still married to Bill, but she did distance herself from him when she ran. So she was, you know, kind of clean where, where when she ran in the Linda. So you can kind of draw lines there to those two. Mm-hmm. So Dennis, how hard does allegations like this, how hard does news like this about Vince McMahon, how does it, how hard does it wreck the wrestling world? Does it completely shake it upside down? Essentially, no, because, and this is going to sound horrible, and I'm going to give you guys the honest truth. Wrestling has been littered with horrible people throughout the years. Drugs, alcohol, molestation, whatever you want to call it. And Tony, you can agree with me. Yep. Whatever our favorite wrestlers growing up were, if you really read in on them, they were not great people. And the, I, I don't know if it's beauty, but the part of the wrestling industry is you have to separate that person from the character you grew up watching, essentially, because any wrestler in the 90s, their hands are not clean. We all love Hulk Hogan, and uh, Hulk Hogan shows up on TV. We clap for him, but let's not forget that like 18 times where he drops the N-word and doesn't want his, uh, yeah. his daughter dating black guys. Yeah. So. Mm. You you have to learn to separate the product from the person. It says, what, uh, Chris Benoit, another guy who murdered his mm-hmm. family. But, you know, if you're watching WrestleMania, whatever, and a Christmas, Chris Benoit-Eddie Guerrero match comes on, you're not going to turn it off. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good reminder. It, wrestlers the on TV, those are characters. Just like a, a character in a movie, just like a character in a television show, there's an actor or actress behind the character. And sometimes there's similarities, just like there are with with actors in certain parts or certain characters that they've played in the in the past. But there's the, the they're two distinct different things, their character and the and the person playing them. Dennis, I wanted to uh, ask you to um, the Cliff Notes version and maybe the PG to PG thirteen version of the allegations against uh, against Vince McMahon because they are they are extremely serious and any time a public figure whether or not they have any type of connection to a political figure or not this is something that people need to be aware of that they know that this that this has happened uh, and you know hold the people uh, accountable for their crime. So, um, it, it, could you explain for maybe people who are are not aware of the of the entire situation, uh, the the charges against Vince? You really have to go back to the eighties because there were some uh, rape allegations against them then. Then uh, about a year ago, he stepped down and Endeavor WWE when they merged brought him back. And these allegations were there. Apparently, him and John Laurinaitis, who essentially was his uh, right-hand hiring, firing man, uh, hired a woman into the company, uh, had their way with her, PG version, um, and uh, agreed to pay her $3 million to keep her mouth shut. They only paid her $1 million. And here we are because of some frugal billionaire not wanting to pay the extra two million. If you dig back in, uh, between fourteen and nineteen million dollars of hush money has been paid through women throughout the years to keep their mouth shut through NDAs, mm. and uh, maybe some people will never even know about because they may honor those NDAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vince broke it basically. Game. She had an NDA. Vince stopped paying it, and that gave her the uh, uh, the ability to go public and break that NDA. And also, I think that there's a, there's um, y- y- there's a certain level of crime that even an NDA 
is not legally able to cover up. So I think that that um, uh, Vince's accuser is on solid legal ground with going public and and going after Vince. And it and, and it's a, a a civil trial on top of that, correct? It's not a criminal trial either. So I think she's on right. solid legal ground there. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, her name was only released through some third-rate wrestling media personality from WWE because they were mad that she filed a lawsuit. Her name was Silk... Uh, I guess uh, not out there. WWE leaked that name allegedly, by the way. So if you're WWE and you're listening to me, it's alleged. Alleged. But just, yes, just know, (laughs) allegedly WWE leaked their name to a wrestling, not even a reputable one. So uh, keep in mind that even though Vince McMahon's not with the company, there are still people out there uh, protecting him in that company. Now, I... It won't stop me from watching it. Uh, call me a hypocrite. Call me whatever you will. I'm I'm okay to take that bullet, but uh, uh, it just shows that uh, as, as long as you're a fan of heart, who even knows? I can't even come up with a great analogy for this. Yeah, no. the people you like, you're yeah. fandom horrible people. Yeah, Dennis, I was just going to ask you. You're talking about how you would, you're still going to watch the WWE. What kind of stink lingers on the WWE with something like this, especially because Vince McMahon was so closely tied? I mean, there are yeah. so many. I'm not a wrestling person. I'm not a sports person, but I knew who Vince was because of the WWE. So, does that affect viewership? Does it affect money? I mean, especially. With the Me Too movement happening, does that affect anything that goes on with that organization, or does it still stand strong? I think it still stands strong, especially with new ownership. But let's be honest, right? It was never cool being a wrestling fan. Uh, (laughs) You're not going out there waving the WWE fan saying, I'm still a fan, because... Uh, we're still hiding in our mom's basement. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here, all right? Well, it's I a multi-billion dollar industry, so there's a whole lot of people that hide uh, that uh, that are hiding their fandom. So you're you're all right, <laughs> Tony. I don't want to blow up your uh, spot here, but people listening, Tony is a massive wrestling nerd. He may pretend he's no, not. I talk about but, it all but, the time. It's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You you fake it. You you're bigger than you really let on. <laughs> Some of my favorite Dennis. podcasts are wrestling podcasts, uh, including the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. I like uh, you, Dennis. <laughs> I really do. You'll be back soon because uh, now that Katie likes you, you're definitely uh, you're definitely in. But uh, uh, yeah, to to kind of uh, wrap up the that that point. Uh, about Vince and about the the stink that could be on the WWE. I do you think that the the sale of the company what a year ago or whatever was do you think that it's it it's somewhere in his mind or somewhere in the higher ups at WWE they knew that this was going to be coming down the road because it I think Katie's question of is there stink on the WWE because of this, I think your answer would have been different if it was if the company was still owned by Vince McMahon and it wasn't it hadn't gone through this huge transition that it has gone through over the last uh, 12 months or so. I, I totally agree. I think a lot of that was motivated motivated by greed. Uh, Vince McMahon doesn't have a great relationship with his kids. We all thought his kids were going to take over the company when he retired or died. 
and it didn't. He sold it to some random company, UFC, not inside the wrestling circle. And I think a lot of that was motivated by money and greed and not letting his kids have that product. Mm -hmm. I also think some of it was um, based on that, but I think it was less, uh, I guess, lawsuit motivated and more like, screw you kids, this is not going to be your thing. I built it myself and now I'm going to enjoy whatever money I can to cover up NDAs. And uh, mm-hmm. if you guys are, if, if the political people out there are listening and they're like, I don't like wrestling, it's almost like the Ken Star report for wrestling fans. So go out there and read because <laughs> it is the craziest stuff. Yeah, it is. Where a billionaire is texting a woman and you go, this guy has money and he's texting like a 14 year old girl. And I've checked with people I know that work in WWE. He really texts like a 14 year old girl. It's, it is, it is a wild, wild story. And uh, I mean, grooming, trafficking. I mean, it is just, it is a wild story. And I think that as far as the uh, general public and general media are concerned, it's uh, it's just getting started. So we really appreciate the insight. Dennis Farrell, host of the Wrestling Perspective podcast. For those uh, closeted wrestling fans out there, uh, how can they find uh, the podcast and, and listen to you and your uh, guest hosts every week? Me and Lars Fredrickson from the 90s punk band were answered to it. Just uh, type in wrestling perspective anywhere you get whatever. I mean, after you get the Colombo and Katie podcast. Yes, you sir. <laughs> there you yes, go. Sir. Guys. One and two. That's the, that's the, yeah. yeah, one, two punch. Subscribe to Colombo and Katie. Subscribe to the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Dennis Farrell. Although it should be Katie and Colombo, by the way. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, Here we go <laughs> with you two. All right. That's enough. That's uh, enough. Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, great to you talk know. to you again, my friend. And and uh, I'll probably be calling you uh, on you again as this uh, story develops. I uh, really appreciate the insight, and thanks for your time today. I will be sitting by my phone like a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Thanks, Dennis. Great stuff. Dennis Farrell from the Wrestling Perspective podcast. If you are a wrestling fan, make sure you are subscribed. All right. Diving back in. Donald Trump has hinted at who he is considering for vice president. He actually named a couple of names. I will tell you about that. And there's another freaking Taylor Swift story. How is that possible? I thought, like, how, what are the things that are coming up? It never stops. Not for her. It doesn't. So we'll tell you about that as well next on Colombo and Katie. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. Massive development at the break. We we got a huge guest just handed to us at the break. Our very own Jeff Allen, who obviously uh, every all of you know from uh, his long career in uh, talk radio, uh, co-owner of this station, News Talk STL, and somebody that Katie and I have known and worked for for years and years, uh, also has a long storied history in the country music uh, mm-hmm. area. And I had asked him to because of this Taylor Swift story and the Toby Keith tragedy um, to if he could pop in and maybe share a couple stories with us. 
And instead of Jeff, he delivered a great guest for us. Billy Greenwood is on the line. Who also was a part of that Jeff Allen team back in the day at Kicks Country. And, of course, now with 93.7 The Bull and KLOU uh, here in St. Louis. Billy, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I'm sorry. I I hope Jeff paid you handsomely for having to take some time out of your day to join us. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I was just going to say, all these years later, and Jeff still finds someone else to do his work for him. So nobody's surprised. <laughs> you got that right. So yeah. I, I want to talk about Toby Keith, and I know that you've you've I know that you've met uh, Toby, and you have some pers- yeah. personal stories there. And I and I yeah. uh, uh, I, I want to talk about those. I also on so on this show, we've been there's we've been kind of like the Taylor tracker, oh, and yeah. and just how uh, out of control. The Taylor Swift situation is in every single day. It seems like there's another huge reason that she's in the headlines. So um, uh, I I wanted to to start with that. The new big rumor and Katie, you said you you hadn't heard this one, right? The the one the headline today. Mm -mm. Travis Kelsey. There's a rumor that that he's going to propose to her. At the Super Bowl, yeah, but he's you know he's saying yeah. no. But here we go again. Mm. Every day yeah. there's a freaking Something Taylor new. Swift headline. Uh, what do you think? Of, uh, what do you what do you think, Billy? Of just the overall just machine that uh, Taylor Swift. I mean, like it, this is as hot as an artist I think Gets. could ever be. It's and and sure. she's not undeserving. She's a, a, incredibly talented, but no. It, it's just amazing what has what has been built around her. Well, so now, look, I can go all the way back to Taylor Swift. The first time I met Taylor, she was in St. Louis at the amphitheater for a concert. She hadn't even had a song on the radio. And one of the record label folks brought her up to me and said, you've got to meet this this new artist of ours. She's going to be she's going to be big. And I'm so thankful that I did, because who would have known that she would be the Madonna of her generation? Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this, having known her from the beginning through now, I, there's no one more genuine, more uh, uh, kind, nice, like real than Taylor Swift. And so I actually feel awful that she gets all this backlash because I don't really, honestly, I don't feel like she tries to get it. I feel like it just, I think people are so enamored by her that they technically won't leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's sad because, you know, like you see the shots of the cameras with her in the suites for the uh, Chiefs games and you can read lips and she's saying, you know, please go away. Like she just wants to enjoy the moment yeah. and she doesn't get that chance. And, and I can't imagine what, it, what it's got to be like to live in that world. I, you know, I see the backlash in the country world where, um, you know, people are getting frustrated that we're giving this, this woman who has worked so hard and is such a smart businesswoman. She's kind of the Garth Brooks of her generation. He was mm. so great at promoting himself and she does such a fantastic job also. And instead of building her up, it's like we're breaking her down and I, it just doesn't make any sense. And yeah. I, I see, you're starting to see that at least in the country world, you know, the stuff that I hear in the studio and the people that I talk to, the country music fans, I think are getting frustrated that there, that there seems to be this backlash with Taylor. And look, She's not bringing more Chiefs up. You know, football fans are football fans. If people want to see what Taylor's up to, I don't know a lot of 13-year-old girls that are going to watch an entire football game to see the three or four shots of her in the suite. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. And and the the this this fervor around her, I, like I I am that you know I've been talking about how I like I can't take it anymore. But it's not it's not her fault. She's not the one. No. She's not the no. one doing this. She, it's the it's the media that has latched on yeah. to just how uh, the uh, crazy the mania around her. Yeah, and to your Taylor. point, Billy, I think it's important. You know, especially in today's day and age, the way that music is produced and stars are sort of made and even manufactured in some cases. Right. Taylor Swift right. writes her own music, plays her own instrument. She's a true musician, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is, is something that is to be, you know, uh, uh, sure. admired. And if it's going to happen to somebody, at least let's have it happen to somebody who's truly talented and a true musician. Mm-hmm. So, hey, The world that she lives in is so bizarre. You know, the last time I interviewed Taylor, I was in Nashville and we were in a large room, several radio stations. I just happened to be the one that was closest to the door, so I was getting her first. And you would have thought the president was coming with, with, with <laughs> almost like secret service, you know, talking into their into their wrist. And it was, you know, you have 60 seconds with Taylor. Well, A, it's tough to do an interview in 60 seconds. Um, they, had it, they had everyone so nervous. We were all on eggshells. And when she walked in, she came in with a plate of cookies that she stayed up baking the night before because she was so excited about doing the interview. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, it, you know. Wow. That's the kind of person she's been. And so, yeah, so I get frustrated when I see people bashing Taylor because she's just, we're really lucky to have her, yeah. honestly. And um, I, I didn't realize this until Katie and I were just talking about it at the break, but there's a there's actually a connection between yeah. Taylor Swift so, and, and Toby Keith. Is that true, Katie? Billy, you would know more about this than I would, but I read on some of the press this morning, unfortunately, due to Toby Keith's passing, that he was a stakeholder in Big Machine Records. And he met Taylor first in about 2005 or maybe 2004 and he was the person kind of pushing the label to get her on to big machine records and correct me if i'm wrong billy but i think he heard her and saw what a talent she was and said this is this is going to be a star and then from there is whenever she got kind of tied onto the label and had that debut album 100 percent, exactly right yeah he actually you know was the one who really was the, the force behind getting her to meet up with scott borchetta and, uh, and, you know, Scott, I think, had the foresight to realize that this girl is going to be something special. And, you know, the deal was there were other uh, record labels in Nashville who wanted to sign her, but she was sticking to her guns at like 13 and said that I, I'm writing my own music, sort of like uh, Sylvester Stallone. I'm going to star in Rocky. She said, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write my own music. I don't want to record someone else's. I don't want to write for someone else. And Scott Borchetta, thanks to Toby Keith, was the one who decided to let her do that. And the rest is history. Talking to Billy Greenwood, and uh, speaking of Toby, uh, Billy, I know that uh, from your long history in country music radio, you've had a chance to um, uh, meet and spend time with Toby Keith. Um, uh, uh, share some of those. Sh- share some of those those moments with us, and just talk about uh, uh, Toby Keith and his his legacy and his his impact on on country music. Well, I mean, you know, it, you talk about Taylor Swift being this fantastic singer-songwriter. Toby Keith, I mean, wrote over 20 number one songs. He sold like 40 million albums. He could be intimidating. I've got a picture of me on his tour bus <laughs> out back of In Cahoots there in Earth City from oh, years ago. Yeah, his, yeah. Arms are, his arms are crossed, and he's kind of looking down at me. And I could, you know, I could see I'm in my early 20s. I'm scared out of my mind. He sort of had that sort of ability to do that, you know, because Toby was the kind of guy who wouldn't put up with anything. If he didn't want to do it, he wasn't going to do it, and he didn't hide that. And so that was always sort of the, the image, the perception I had of him until I had moved to Nashville, and I was working on the radio in Nashville, and was actually out at the Palm with my boss having uh, dinner, and he got a phone call, 
And uh, he got a big smile on his face, and he said, hey, go to the bathroom. You've got to go to the bathroom. Things are going to get crazy. That was Toby, and he's coming by to pick us up. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to go out with Toby Keith. This is going to be crazy. And it was 100% the most awesome night. I'll never forget. We left the Palm to drive to another bar called Fiddle and Steel, which is just about four or five blocks away. I'm in the back seat. Toby's in the front passenger. We stop at an intersection, and you can see this car to the side recognize Toby Keith at this intersection, and they're going crazy. He rolls down the window. Someone jumps out of the car and runs over to him, and he says, uh, anybody got a cigarette? <laughs> and you can, you, can see them, you can see them scrambling. They're scrambling in the car. They grab a cigarette, run it back over to him, hand it to him. Light turns green. They drive off, and he turns to us in the car and says, Anybody smoke? <laughs> Didn't even need to do it. Totally played it. We get awesome. to the bar. Yeah, we, we get to the bar, and I'll never forget, you know, we sat, as you walk through the doors, we went right to the left corner. So it was a corner table, sort of, you know, secluded. Well, I he sat up against the wall, so I was across from him, closest to anyone who would, who would come up. And, of course, people were coming up. Now, they're asking me, while Toby's across the table from me, if they can get a photo or if they can get an autograph. Now, I'm the one in this horrible situation where I've got to ask Toby, you know, if, if it's okay. I can tell you that he didn't say no to a single person, and it made my life so much easier. He wow. was so, so nice to everybody. I can also tell you that he, you know, in true Toby's fashion, really hid just how, I mean, we knew he was sick. But, yeah. you know, he was just recently talking about going back out on tour and uh, I think he had us all fooled, and I think that's where all we're so shocked today because he had us fooled into thinking that he was doing better. But he used to always say, "I love to laugh. I don't even mind getting mad. I just hate sad." Mm. And I don't think that he wanted anyone to be sad. And I think that's why he. I think that's why he went out the way Toby wanted to go out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm and I, uh, uh, I'm glad you you mentioned that because I, I was was shocked as well, and I thought maybe I just wasn't paying. Attention, because I knew that he, right. I knew that he was sick, but this, I, right. this was com- out of the blue for me. So it, it, it sounds like that that wasn't, uh, it wasn't just, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you didn't realize it. It sounds like it was very yeah. in- intentional on his part, and and sounds like very in character for Toby Keith. Yeah, it was exactly, it was exactly, I think, what you would have expected from Toby. And you know, it's funny because on my Facebook feed. I have a lot of industry friends and a lot of uh, friends just who listen to the radio and from both sides. It's amazing to me. I'm not surprised to see all the different stories that people are sharing who work in the industry because they have the opportunity to work with him. But so many stories from from listeners who have had, uh, you know, fantastic stories as well, because, again, he was just the people's people. I think that's what made him so popular, so real. And and I think that's why it hurts so much today. Yeah, and 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 would you would you think that he is because you've seen it over the over the decades of your career how country yeah. was considered you know you know this fringe or non mainstream or you know that's for farmers and rural America and you know right. and, and and country music has has become as popular and you know mainstream as mm-hmm. as any other form uh, over the last right. twenty years or so uh, I would I would venture to say. That Toby Keith was one of the artists that played a big role in in that transition. Is that uh, is that yeah. a true statement? 
I think that's absolutely fair to say. Um, you know, I will say uh, my liberal friends, not quite as big a fans as Toby. I don't think that they were as crazy about, uh, you know, the uh, American soldier or the angry yeah. American who's going to put a, a boot yeah. in your ass. But, you know, but I think for the rest of us, I think that he I think that he said a lot of what we felt in his songs. And I think that's why uh, I think that's why we all felt so close to him, I think. Well, Billy Greenwood, what an awesome surprise to have you join us here on the show this afternoon to uh, share those stories. We really appreciate your uh, time, and uh, I'll make sure that Jeff Allen gets the check in the mail for your (laughs) your time this afternoon. Uh Billy, thanks so much for spending some time and sharing some stories with us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you too. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Billy Greenwood. So cool. Yeah, back in the day with uh, Kicks Country. Uh, radio here in St. Louis with our very own Jeff Allen and of course uh, 93.7 The Bull and KLOU that's great stuff amazing it's kind of it's it's surreal to think about him being in the car with a superstar Jeff Allen being on tour buses with superstars like I just can't wrap my head around moments like that if they like I wouldn't be casual I would not be cool (laughs) I would be a mess, a hot mess. Yeah. You if I missed, were in the car with a superstar. You missed that. You just missed that era of radio, I guess, didn't you? Like it doesn't it you that's the way it, it was back in the day. Well, you and I, I can't talk tell you how many this. people I've picked up at the airport. Well, uh, yeah. From musicians back in the day to even even talk, uh, you know, speakers at the, at the beginning of my of my talk career. Yeah, that and was it not. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. Well, you and I talked about this not long ago. Even the distance between what you did in radio about like live broadcasts from clubs mm-hmm. and doing things like that. I mean. That isn't what this is anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I got into radio, it there, I mean, granted, it was political radio that I just jumped right into. And mm-hmm. there were cool moments like that, too. But it it's not like that anymore. Right. You don't right. get that that same experience anymore. Yeah. So it's just crazy to yeah. think about. And that is uh, because of the consolidation and a whole lot of other uh, things that have happened in the industry. It would be, uh, I think, it would do all of us good to go back to some of those uh, those things. And... You know what? That is exactly how we do things here. But not tapes. Let's not go back to tapes. This is a beautiful board. What I'm doing here <laughs> no, is very we won't beautiful. Go back to real to, I promise we won't go back to real to real. Please. You don't have to worry about <laughs> that. All right. That does it for Columbo and Katie today, man. We have had a packed show. So if you missed any of it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss anything that happens here on Columbo and Katie. And keep it right here. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. The O'Reilly Report is next, followed by the Tim Jones and Chris Arps Show at 4, Larry Connors USA at 6, and the Rob Carter Show from 8 to 10. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us here at 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. You're listening to Columbo and Katie.